Hello and welcome to season three, episode 27 of The Dive. I am Kobe, joined by Azale and Mark Z today. How's the chair going? I should have taken care of this before we started. <laughs> I gotta raise this one one thing up. Nobody will keep ever going. Notice. No one will notice. Nobody will ever notice. <laughs> Zoom in. We did just finish the quarterfinals. Uh, as Mark finished his chair up. It's not that easy. It I, just goes max or. I think it's fine in both positions. You can do it, Mark. We believe in you. It's close <laughs> enough. Nice. All right, continue. How did you enjoy the quarterfinals, Mark? Uh, they were both pretty enjoyable. Uh, I think the first series more so. I actually like seeing Clutch perform well and win yeah. uh, the, their series. The CLG one had that first game, which was kind of like very entertaining, but kind of mind-booming. And then the next two games seemed you know, pretty much in CLG's control. Yeah, very one-sided for yeah. the last two. Uh, I, I know a lot of people you know, are, are, are talking about the TSM loss and... and Burn it you know, all down! Yeah, exactly. You know, like, Blow so, it all so up. Where, where are you guys standing? You know, we'll, we'll get more into the actual series themselves when we're talking about the semifinal previews, but we can talk a little bit about the teams that didn't make it. Um, obviously, you know, TSM got knocked out. Optic got knocked out. But a lot of talk about TSM why Why would they ever bring in Spica? You know, Bjergsen is the problem. None of the junglers work with him. Bjergsen is trash. You know, it must be his fault. Uh, you know, get rid of the whole organization. Get rid of everyone. Like, blow it up. Where are you guys standing? How do you feel about it? I'll go first then. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite on board with the, like, blow everything up mentality. Um, something clearly went very wrong that they had to make this change between Acadian and him and Spica. Uh the it's Bjergsen's fault thing is probably not the case. I'm sure there was some internal issue that basically made the players probably hate each other and like we have to find someone new because it's no longer a working relationship. Because even if you don't think someone's great, like there's no way that just bringing in someone new out of the blue is is gonna be better than the guy who you got to spring finals with, who you know maybe you guys are in a slump and things aren't working well right now. Like there had to be, in my opinion, some sort of like serious problem for why they would do it. And Speaker came in on week nine with two days' notice. That doesn't sound like. So you think it's not a gameplay issue? I don't think it's just a gameplay issue. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you know that or, yeah. that helped because if you're winning, you're like, yeah, we can swallow the the personal issue. But they weren't doing well, and it's there has to like, can you uh-huh. imagine a world where it's just, oh, we're only fourth and we're we're struggling? Yeah. Bring in Spica, right? Does that and then Art that commit seems... to it for playoffs and, and have Gauntlet. no jungle sub? And... No, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's locked for Gauntlet. I heard okay, so maybe I'm wrong. I heard it was locked for Gauntlet. So but... my understanding is that they can change it for Gauntlet. I'm not gonna like make it a hundred percent declaration, but that is when I when um you know I talked about it with Kim and, and that's what she said she had found out. Um, um, but I, either way, I mean I, I like I wasn't mind blown that they were trying something different in week <clears> nine. I was mind blown that they were leaving no backup plan with the academy bot lane as the subs for playoffs. That to me is when I'm now fully bought into your camp of there is something else going on here besides just performance because it's not as though a speaker turned in such an outstanding performance in, in week nine. They could have easily O2'd that week. It was a one one off of the Baron steel, you know. Mm-hmm. Um they didn't dominate. So not even having Katie in there if he if he flopped, which I'm not going to say he flopped because I don't actually yeah. think that the series was his fault. Um, but it did seem bizarre. Yeah, and the the Katie had a tweet I think on like Monday where he was basically like, "Hey guys, thanks for the support. I'll be setting up a stream to stream more." That doesn't sound like someone prepping for Gauntlet. Yeah. Um, so I don't think even if even if they could swap him in, I don't. It doesn't sound like that's. Yeah, gonna happen. I'm pretty sure they're not going to use him for it. I, I, my main question when I first saw the things, I was like, okay, so I, they might be able to sell me on this if their bottom lane subs, like there was a real reason to to have those subs, right? Because you can say, oh, well, they didn't have a backup jungler. All the junglers for TSM, I I felt the same about really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I. There were some games where like, oh, no, super good gank or whatever, and you started to get excited for one, but then, you know, something else bad happens in the next game. So I, I don't feel like, you know, there was... Even speak, you feel the same? Yeah. So- I, honestly, yeah. I, I did not I did not feel like there was a big, you know, peak or drop uh, or- with the LOM. I felt like generally Acadian was probably the best choice out of all three of them. Uh, other than that, like, um, I, I thought that, okay, maybe... 
they're doing this because they actually had a super good performance from the bottom lane duo in scrims, mm-hmm. and they actually wanted to sub uh, or make use of the the bottom laners as subs, but we didn't see them at all in the series. Uh, it didn't feel like they're you know they were actually going to make use of that. So. Spen even played well that series for the most part. Yeah, and, and other it, than game two. Yeah, so. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely weird. It's definitely very weird. And we have no insight into Well, the I'm in the Mark right? camp. I'm buying in. I'm I'm buying into the behind the scenes drama. I just yeah. can't imagine. And like that's why I also don't feel like it's fair to blame Spika because like if your team is like mind boomed enough to make a move like that, yeah. you're, you're probably yeah. like you're not gonna fix that as it's the rookie drug coming. You got chosen with no experience yeah. in two LCS games to be played in that spot. And I think like even a great jungler coming in wouldn't have saved them from that series. Clutch looked a couple steps better than than TSM in my mind. Yeah, yeah, their team fighting was far better. Their coordination was far better. Um, like we were kind of saying on the desk, when they were asking us, oh, did Clutch overperform? Yeah. I was like, well, di- I don't think so. Um, I mean, if we replay that series, everyone still expects Clutch to win, you know, like 90% of the times, actually, yeah. after after watching that series. Um, so... Yeah, I think they're just completely were outclassed. Yeah, I mean there there was like one I think one play that really stood out to a lot of people who were saying like oh it was you know because of Spika and it was the one where you know they get a kill by a Dragon and then he just kind of like turned around and reengaged when everyone else had oh, left. Oh yeah, yeah. They were, like so it's not as though he didn't have any bad plays, but I didn't think his plays were were any any like worse really than things that Acadian or Greg had done throughout the split. Mm-hmm. I thought he actually performed fine. I was still like. Just the overall holistic decision, even if they were going to use the bot lane sub, was still crazy to me because yeah. my background as as a pro has always told me that experience in higher pressure games matters so much, oh. and that and like he performed, I think, fine. But it's like you do not know if that person is about to choke in playoffs hard, and they knew at least that Acadian, had, you know, could perform. Yeah, I mean, it was very clear that TSM were panicking, right? You don't make these types of moves if you're calculating, you're like, all right, well, this is definitely going to be the, yeah. you know, the big improvement for us. There has got to be something causing that panic, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I, I'm on board with the Mark camp. And we have to figure out the cause of this. Uh, and that's one of the things that bugs me about TSM. I don't know if it's TSM fans or TSM haters or whatever it is, but when when TSM fails, you, they they try and act like this is some systematic problem with TSM that keeps cropping up. But to me, each time the problem is different. Like this is yes, there's been the problem of like maybe beer turns his junglers passive. This wasn't the jungler turning passive. This was like a jungle roster situation going boom. That's not yeah. something we've ever seen before from them. So I always I always get a little annoyed when people t- like try and act like all of TSM's problems throughout their years are one in the same systematic problem top down. Like I don't know what happened behind the scenes. And and people are always are framing it in the same mindset of TSM are a good team, but they're not doing well. So something must be a problem. I, they're just not a good team anymore, right? Like TSM is not a good team Depends that has mean. problems. They they are just a middle of the pack team. Yeah, in summer, definitely true. I mean, you had six straight weeks of one and one with barely scraping by and a lot of their wins against middle to low tier teams. Yeah. That's that's you know that's an okay team and but but I mean you know playing the other side of it like the devil's advocate uh, here a bit it's you know this is also a team that was one game away from sweeping TL and mm-hmm. being our representatives at MSI mm-hmm. made no roster changes and now got slammed in quarters by the fifth seed yeah. right what happened there like yeah. clearly something is broken there and you know again not not to say i agree with it because i think that Bjergsen gets a lot of undeserved criticism and i think he is becoming kind of like a, a little scapegoat. bit of a scapegoat in in some of these situations because he has been the constant and that i think is what people are are saying is that it's not necessarily that's the exact same problem every time but we've now seen the coach change out you know reggie isn't isn't there full time the roster has pretty much been completely overhauled who is the constant it's Bjergsen, right so if it, if it's never worked with tsm it's got to be Bjergsen, right <laughs> and i think that is the the perspective that people are looking at it from not that i'm yeah. saying i agree um but it's it's just simply you know you ha- also have to look at the other side of it which is who was there for all of their success? Bjergsen. Yeah. Who won the MVP a bunch of times? Bjergsen. <laughs> and and with if you ha- if people have that mindset of oh it must have been the constant. What about all the things that you're introducing? These new factors that you're introducing. It's not like you're introducing pure talent, pure winning 
players. Like there can be problems with the new things that you're introducing. Also, it doesn't have to I be mean, the thing that was constant. Like if if you have, you know, everything you add will have a different problem. Yeah. Like nothing comes in perfect. Like here's the ideal perfect top laner who will never make mistakes and the perfect jungler. So like yeah, anytime you add something new, you get new problems. There, everything has problems. The the last thing I, I'm kind of curious to talk about a little bit before we move on to clutch is simply you know TS, TSM's brand and TSM's like you know identity has been winning for mm -hmm. so long, and Bjergsen has been so closely tied to TSM that for many many years I never thought he would ever leave TSM. It would be he'd be there you know until the end of his career. Mm -hmm. If they don't make worlds. Do you guys see that loyalty starting to wane? You know, is is there that world where Bjergsen, who who is a hardcore competitor, who wants to be doing, you know, the best in the region, winning the region, doing well internationally, does he does he consider leaving? Because that is a crazy world where then you're looking at not only this this incredible player, but someone who has residency. I mean, that all comes down to contracts and money and all that stuff as well. But uh, I mean, I, for sure, if he hadn't already considered leaving, I would say yes. Um, it's one of those things where like it sounds good until you start trying to figure out the logistics of it. Cause, yeah, like, where's he gonna go? Right. Yeah. Where's what he if gonna he joins go? hundred thieves and you have Bjergsen mid someday top and then got the rest of the same? We gotta get rid of Bang then. Oh no, no. you don't. You're right. You're because right. Because he's right. a resident. Yeah. 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 Well, sounds great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think like Bjergsen wants to win, and there's you're not guaranteed like that's gonna be a better raw. That's the eighth place team that you're joining, right? Yeah. Uh, there's no guarantee it's going to become a lot better just because you showed up, you know, and it's the same thing I, when people say like, oh, he's going to go to Europe. He wants to go to the best region, argue, arguably in the world right now to compete with the best. But like, who are you joining? Like, I don't think Fnatic or G2 are going to join you. So now you're competing against them who are like basically they're the team liquids of Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, so like if he wants to win that badly, I don't think going to Europe is suddenly like you're, you're going to start winning again. So I, that's why I, I kind of, expect things to stay status quo it's because when you start looking at this stuff it's like are those really better options it sounds fun 100 thieves bjergsen but from bjergsen's eyes is that a better org from everything you've seen is that a better org than tsm when you think about what happened with medios and you think about what happened with cody's son it's hard you know, to say right yeah it's hard to say because tsm obviously just went through some problems with with uh acadian and the jungle situation but it's not like 100 thieves the grass is greener yeah, and I mean, it also is just like, what are your goals? And at a certain point, do you just want change, right? Because sometimes you can just get yeah, sick sometimes of the that's fine too. you're in, you know, yeah. if things aren't working out. And the stated goal for TSM has always been win worlds, do well internationally. Clearly, it feels like they're moving further and further away from that uh, rather than more towards that. Would be interesting to see. Other team that just got knocked out, Optic. One final thing, oh. the B. Erickson point. The one <laughs> point I want to concede where people like, like to blame B. Erickson uh, and it's usually for ruining his junglers, which I think is trash. <laughs> but I will concede, I don't think he was that good this split. I, I don't think he was the typical Bjergsen. He didn't have impressive numbers across the board. He didn't have that many carry performances. He still didn't die very much. He wasn't like chain feeding, but he normally wins mid lane. And then that pressure spills over to the rest of the map. That's kind of the historic way TSM has won. And he was a non-factor in almost all his most recent games. Yeah, I mean, the most recent ones, is probably, but they, he definitely had some really good games. Um, not that many recently. There's a lot of just games where he plays TF and does nothing. Yeah, I mean, the TF, the TF stuff I agree with, but it's always hard for me because I'm like, ooh, you picked TF and Corky twice in a row, and you lost that lane twice in a row. Was it your coach choosing it for you? Was it a team comp choice? Was it you asking for it and saying you're going to win the matchup, you know? Um, I, I mean, but I feel you. Yeah, it's, it's it's obviously you don't know who's making the decisions to make these champions, but the output that you're getting, regardless, is not old Bjergsen. Yeah, and and quietly he has been kind of I, I think all pro. What was he second or third team? Third, and he third. was one point away. And Hansu didn't even vote for mid laners. Oh, so okay. if he if he alone had actually voted and put crown above Bjergsen, let's say Bjergsen would have made it. Yeah, so I mean that quietly I agree is actually a, a pretty big point because. For the longest time, it had always been Jensen trying to to surpass Bjergsen. Everyone's like, that's cute. Good yeah. try. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still second best, though, right? And, yeah. and quietly now, Jensen's first first team All-Pro, right? You know, that I think is a uh, is very big deal uh, for him, you know, personally, but also for kind of a, a little changing of the guard, so to speak, uh, mm -hmm. the split. Um, but Optic also knocked out. 
Not, I, I think it's, you know, it's under much less like conspicuous circumstances and there's a lot less drama surrounding it. So maybe there's less to discuss, but you know, there, there is like the ESPN reported optic changing, changing ownership and, and these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. This is probably the last time we'll see optic. And also I think a, a lot to discuss as far as, you know, would, you know, they be sticking together? Would the roster be getting shaken up? Like where would these players go? I mean, I, I think that optic, um, it's still like we talked about it in our previews for the for this matchup, and I was uh, like pretty excited for the optic players because this was one of those teams when I saw the roster slapped together, and you know we heard the the timings were all pretty late. We're like, oh, how is this gonna work out? And then they actually had a um, a decent amount of exciting success, right? And they're able to get into playoffs. They were super close last time. Finally made it in this time. Um, and then yeah, they get kind of slammed by CLG uh, pretty quickly, which puts a damper on the excitement that was building. But I think that a lot of the players, like Medios and Crown, especially, uh, really proved that they are super valuable. Though that might make it harder for Optic or whatever the team becomes to hold on to them. Um, but I also liked you know improvements from the the rest of the team, like Dokla. Uh, was always memed on. Tough literally. series. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he, he showed growth over the the, the split, right? Um, as well as Arrow, who had completely fallen off from his MVP days. And, you know, they had a, a decent resurgence. So, I think there are still positives to take away for the team. It's hard after getting, you know, slammed like that in a best of five series. And it does feel like there's... Um, you know, less <laughs> less hype around. So yeah, less less hype around, less things to discuss because you're like, well, <sighs> yeah, I think unexpected. Yeah, yeah. The one nice thing is from what people have kind of talked about behind the scenes, it sounds like Optic is a relatively cheap roster, and so sometimes when a new, well, I'm just saying when a new org comes in, sometimes you're like, what is this bill I'm holding? Like, see you, some of these guys. <laughs> I think um, with the the new org turnover, it has a a higher chance in some other situations of keeping the actual roster together. So like we could potentially see Medios crown for another season. And I would be down with that. Like, I think uh, they looked really good together. It sounds like Medios likes playing with him and stuff. So I I think a lot of those guys should be back with the new, new ownership. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it does seem like they, they have a place to to build from, right. You know, and they have kind of like a foundation where they have improved, uh, you know, they, they had missed out on, well, I guess a tiebreaker, the previous split by one game, then 99, the split before that. So like they had been right on the precipice and, you know, with with some more improvement or potentially some roster changes, I do think they could you know definitely move in the right direction. It does suck for them though to to have finally hit playoffs and then immediately get swept out, and they don't have gauntlet points, so their their year is done. But there are still you know that was a big milestone for for some of these players, right? Big um, had had been in LCS and playing pro and, and this sort of stuff for like five six years, and this is the first time I ever made playoffs. Like mm-hmm. that's huge. Yeah, and that's the big difference when we're discussing optic versus our the TSM discussion earlier was the expectations coming in. One game in. from MSI. Yeah, I yeah. mean exactly. The games the expectations are so different because, you know, of where they're coming from. Yeah. I <laughs> the the TSM thing too, like if you take away the name TSM and you were like second place in spring and fifth in summer and yeah. now you're in gauntlet like you wouldn't be like what a horrible year these guys suck and, but like when you start i don't know if, if, you, if would, you, got, you would still be disappointed going from second to fifth but i don't know when i i actually kind of disagree i you think, think that it, when it's when it's like you you're when you put everything into context when it's one one game away from sweeping tl who has won three straight championships you know two from that to losing to a team that was one in nine against all the playoff teams in the regular season Three, you know, three one, like mm. pretty, pretty dominantly getting getting beaten under the circumstances of your debating which is your jungle starter the whole year, and then you ditch that last week and don't even keep either. I'm like, I think that the circumstances surrounding it are bigger than the name, and I think if this was TL or whatever, like say TL yeah, yeah. loses that three two and it's Smithy and he gets subbed out last second and they don't like, you would be thinking, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So I, I think that's independent of being TSM. So and and to me also, we're, it's funny <laughs> we're circling back to TSM once again. All, it's 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 the it's the it's it's because of the big drop off you're talking yeah. about. Second place, one game away. 
from going to MSI. And all the juicy drama. To getting, yeah, kicked out um, by Clutch. And I think that Clutch played really well, by the mm-hmm. way. I actually really liked, uh, especially their team play. I'm excited to see their next matchup. But, and the TSM, and it's... Especially the weird at the end, you know, bringing a bunch of uh, or changing their subs and having all these rookies come in. And um, it, to me, that is that is just the biggest symptom of their list. Like they wanted to win so bad and they couldn't figure out a solution with the pieces that they had. Right. So something went wrong from spring to summer and it took all of summer for and they never found a solution. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's. The 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 kind of twist at the end of the story was surprising, but it wasn't as surprising as I thought it was going to be. If someone told me, oh, we're putting three rookies on right before our playoff series, I'd be like, oh, my God, that is crazy. And then you tell me that it's TSM. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they've been struggling with some stuff for all of summer. So if you put the name on it now, it actually makes it more... <laughs> understandable to me yeah because i'm like they were second and then yeah doom doom for gauntlet um i don't think they're doomed for gauntlets uh i, I think it's yes. gonna be doom real real hard they have a chance but i'm i'm a i'm just, in the just, doom for gauntlet just because we have to <laughs> it's a yes or no question so i'm in the the no they're it's not the making doomed it. or not doomed oh then yes doomed yeah i'm in the doomed camp. <laughs> they start that doomed or not doomed i'm yeah. doomed we're doomed. <laughs> I mean, realistically, they're going to have to play, uh, you know, against like C9 or, or CLG probably uh-huh. in the gauntlet, right? Like, I, I don't know exactly all the championship points scenarios work out, but I think pretty much guaranteed one of those guys is going to be in there. Both those teams look significantly better to me uh, than TSM. Yeah. Unless, unless really, you know, this additional hmm. practice time can can make things work with Spica. So there's always a chance. But if mm-hmm. it's doomed or not doomed, I'm in the doom camp for sure. The last thing I will say about Optic is I, I kind of wish almost that Optic closed out that first game and then see the, what the series would have looked like from there. Because as soon as I saw that, I thought they were so tilted. Like, that is such a frustrating way to lose. Four Barons, they can't close out the game. They're getting constantly picked off, and they lose against this team with no engage. When your Ezreal gets picked off by a flashless Rek'Sai, mm-hmm. I mean, yikes. Yeah. Hey, he, that was once. He also flashed on him two other times. I know, but the one that lost the game, yeah. he just burrowed on him, and you didn't have the reaction time to shift it's, away? It's so funny, too, when people make fun of NA for, like, NA RAM meta or whatever, and I'm like, that's a comp they should have been grouped up for. If Poppy is sitting on top of Ezreal, you can never engage on him. But their wave clear was too good, right? That was why they started splitting, so you, because you, it was Sivir, uh, Sivir Azir, and they couldn't right. finish the game. So you split the Corky. Yeah, and you, Corky builds RFC, and then the yeah. other four sit on top of the Ezreal, and yeah, they just clearly didn't press W. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it, when people are like, "Oh man, I would just wish they didn't get tilted on game number one, and it might have been you know more exciting." So the tilting in game one, it be, were because like they just made really bad mistakes. Course, like yeah. they they're just that they did not play well. So if if it's a tilting thing, that's like a some random chance thing happened or like there was some super strange occurrence yeah. and you get tilted off that, then I'm like, oh, dang. Like, that really sucks. But if you get tilted off of like, oh. We're bad. I'm bad. <laughs> like, they, they're like, uh. <laughs> it also doesn't make me feel that bad because if you can't win that game, you have zero hope yeah, winning the series. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to put a little a light spin on it, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, either way, I mean, they clearly clearly deserve to lose. CLG did uh. outperform, um, but excited to see where those players end up and uh, what the future holds for Optic. All right, moving on a little bit. Nine sixteen uh, is coming out. It's not going to be in for, for LCS playoffs, but it will be for some of the other regions, uh, you know, around the world. Um, and you know, and going forward, some of these changes obviously would be applicable for for worlds and stuff. But I think worlds is maybe like nine eighteen or something. Yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, this is just going to be a solo queue patch discussion yeah. now because that's what the relevant uh, parts for this patch are going to be. Um, they're going to keep tuning up towards international competition. But I've actually been looking forward to this patch for a while. Because um, I always just like, I always, you know, I like trying to be a hipster and use random stuff in the jungle. Um, or not random, but stuff that I think will be random. Uh, good that other people are not going to use. <laughs> and one of my old favorites is Zale, which you have also dabbled in. 
Shen is getting some buffs. <laughs> and you know I love me some jungle Shen. I actually think he's good. And um, I got super excited when I saw him on the list because these are pretty significant buffs. An extra uh, percentage of the target's maximum health on every Q hit is really good for trading. One of the surprising things about Jungle Shen is that you can actually slap. Like early on, he's a good duelist. And this really does add to that. He got flat damage on E and then percentage max health on Q. Uh, so I've already started prepping. My my last four games have all been Jungle Shen, and I well they've all been on Smurf, does, but I've been winning on. My <laughs> does does the taunt hit uh, creeps? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because I remember I used taunt to play scuttle as well. I used to play the old Jungle Shen when you had the Vorpal Blade that you would throw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you could sustain forever in the jungle, but yeah, your clear was impossible. And then your E didn't taunt creeps yeah. back then. So I take um. Attack speed and everything. I think I'm going to use uh, press the attack as my keystone um, because you can get your three quick autos if you get your blade. Yeah, that's why I figured you do Halo Blade. Um, I, blade. I, yeah, Halo Blade, Shen, dude. And you go. Uh, <laughs> so the, uh, the problem with impact for your taunt, and then you just <laughs> murk kid right. the job. Just take a deep breath there, Mark. <laughs> the problem with with that is then you're in domination. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just told you it's fine. So, eyeball collector, runes are bad. Yeah, eyeball collector <laughs> uh, or, or zombie wards. Zombie wards are fun little things. That's a good you way know, to play. Uh, I mean, if you just put hail of blade and uh, press the attack side by side, it's not like you know that whatever. Yeah, yeah. But once you look at the whole thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of good things because. Shen's clear speed is still kind of slow, uh, especially early on. Um, so you definitely need a little bit of extra. You know, I'm grabbing attack speed from wherever I can. You building Tiamat? Um, so in the first two games, I just rushed Cinder Hulk and I went uh, full tank because he has really good uh, HP scaling as well. Mm -hmm. But then I started to mix in uh, some more attack speed. And I always build Titanic anyway, but I started putting it up in the build. And I, I just like damage damage Shen now. <laughs> try try force Titanic. I, I made it. I made a try force Titanic Shen. It was really fun. What about you guys? Have you been eyeballing anything for solo queue? Uh, I I was thinking the Nocturne changes actually because I always liked playing Nocturne a lot. He's getting just a flat ten percent extra attack speed yep. on his W. Like that seems very significant for the clear. Like I always think attack speed helps you out with jungle clear so much. So that's pretty big. Uh, in addition to actually getting some base stat buffs, like he's getting a little bit more armor, a little bit more health, blah blah blah. Uh, but the, I think the ten percent attack speed could be enough to actually push him back uh, in, into seeing some more play uh, recently. That's that's pretty interesting. And then the jack changes are, are fairly small. It's it's leaf strike cooldown, but yeah. that was making me think that. There are going to be more matchups where you can actually do your counter strike as uh, as your max second, um, and there's a lot of matchups where you actually just like needed kind of the, the cooldown from your Q. So this could make it a bit more of a one point wonder where you just go W then E second uh, as as the max, and I think that could actually like increase your power a fair bit in, in some matchups. Yeah, I saw the Jax buffs, and they're right next to some Fiora buffs as well. Uh, and I started to get kind of excited for what this will do to top lane when we do, you know, sort get to uh, worlds because we have all these amazing top laners always. Mm -hmm. um, and they're looking for more champions like this, Jackson Fiora, for solo carry, you know, dream that people have the fantasy of your uh, split pushing multiple item super carry build. I already in solo queue the Fiora is really scary. Uh, mm -hmm. That's one of the few like top laners I actually throw bands on because you know if your top laner feeds and then you have to deal with the Fed Fjord, it's super annoying. But some buffs to to her and Jax yeah. got me uh, pretty excited for carry top laners. But then I scrolled down to Mundo. I was like, oh my God, they're buffing Mundo again. Are you kidding when me? When you were talking about These junglers, I thought you were talking about jungle Mundo when you're saying well, uh, you're so that things. So I'm more excited for Shen because I like playing Shen more. I don't like playing Mundo. He's boring to me. But looking, but again, he's getting more buffs. I'm like, I'm gonna have to play Mundo eventually. Look at this, four second cooldown for E. You should have already been maxing E, by the way. There's a big win rate discrepancy for, for jungle, um, yeah, for jungle. Yeah, um, 100%. You should be maxing E. I was looking at the stats. Only 34% of people playing jungle Mundo were actually maxing E. So, and and the win rate is like 
eight times eight percent higher or something if you're maxing e it's people, just so much people better see the percent health and like i can solo dragon really easy but e is just much better because you just want to land the cleaver for the slow and then you actually use the yeah e and people are maxing w because it's aoe for yeah, they stuff and like that, yeah. that's also trash they they made it so <laughs> so it's 30 percent tenacity at all ranks so they're like please stop maxing w don't put more points into w <laughs> yeah they're trying to make it like very clear whenever you see changes like that where they're like doesn't scale anymore with more points, guys. Just uh, max yeah. E already. It's a four-second cooldown on this ridiculous attack damage steroid. So I think that Mundo is going to be strong regardless of uh, healing cutting. Grievous Wounds, I actually, I actually think that you'll just take it. It'll be fine. They increased the healing from his ultimate already. He's just going to do so much damage. I think he'll be fine to play Mundo. I, mean, I feel like he's going to be better jungle than top because I just still think a lot of the matchups are just so bad top lane. He already has a higher win rate in jungle. Yeah, so that that's kind of my feeling is that like I see these changes and I, I used to play Mundo, but I'm just like, ever since they put in executioners, I just like never wanted to play him again. It's, it's so <laughs> miserable in top lane, you know, playing 1v1s against like, you pick Mundo, they play Jason, rush executioners or whatever. Yeah. Um, but... I, I do think you kind of circumvent that a, a lot when you are going jungle because yes, someone's going to get executioners eventually, but there's no like 1v1 matchup. So no laner feels particularly compelled to get it unless you start kind of getting out of control. Um, and, and similar to Skarner, if Mundo is forcing like, you know, multiple executioners or whatever, that's mm -hmm. actually a pretty big deal. So I, I could see it, it popping up more there. I still don't think it's going to be huge in top lane, especially not when you're looking at like Fiora buffs and stuff yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it would be interesting to see if it comes through. And and the the tenacity on your W is actually I think probably more impactful uh, for a jungler as well when you're having more of these kind of like two v two three v three skirmishes around bot lane and stuff where there is more CC mm -hmm. uh, that could be pretty reasonable. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Hextech. I'm just messing around with that a little bit. <laughs> TFT patch notes. What happened? Sorry, I opened the wrong document. Uh, I'm happy that Corky and Azir got nerfed, but I just hope I was hoping they just murdered them. But they're uh, those are slight changes. Five base mm -hmm. AD and 0.5. Uh, the Corky one's more significant on KD uh, or on Corky. That actually seems really big to me. Well, because like, base AD stuff usually pretty significantly pushes the the needle as far as win rate. Um, maybe for pro it won't matter as much because I think pros default to comfort a lot and you know and kind of how that makes them feel but like even as far as like last hitting right like doran's items add um you know like the five damage on creeps and, and that sort of thing and and people actually prioritize that a lot so it, it could make it a little bit tougher but um definitely would be happy to see less corky and less azir i'm on that train also when, when you're talking about the fiora changes does this sound too insane to like so the there's the scaling attack speed on the E, right? And it was just immediately when I'm seeing the 90% bonus attack speed. Obviously, it's only on your E hits, but yeah. it's also an auto reset. I'm just like, do, do you just want to go like a heavy AD build then? Like, you know, like Esfiber, Bloodthirster, like this sort of stuff. Well, they stuff. can't crit, right? They, they still have the no crit on her E. No, the second, it's, I thought it was a guaranteed crit. Am I, am I, I think confused? the first one's maybe no crit and the second, the second one's guaranteed. The second one is guaranteed crit, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, just some AD heavy build. It was making me think, like, maybe that's actually the going to be the tech, going to be the, the future is like just some sort AD. of, yeah, just like you, if you're super high AD and you just have the attack uh -huh. speed, you know, as like a steroid from your E and, you know, with CDR and stuff as well. Because the cooldown is five, right? So it's like five second cooldown. With the 90% attack speed steroid, if you're building CDR, if you're doing some like, you know, Essence Fever Triforce or whatever BT thing, I mean, I guess it's maybe not that different from what people are already doing, but it, it just. Yeah, I just like think. Tiamat so much. Yeah. How are you getting Tiamat out of there, though? Like, the Tiamat and Trinity yeah. Force is just, I think those are actually my two favorite items in the game. Yeah. You could slap a Titanic Hydra and a Trinity Force on any champion, and it's. Okay, not maybe not any ch like full AP champion. Ezreal is not as good, but he has the range. The Jana Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> it, those two go together so well; it's insane. Yeah, yeah. So it might not actually be worthwhile, but just that's where my brain went. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you like Titanic more than Ravenous. I'm a jungler, so Ravenous I, I like more on, yeah. on uh, Fiora. On yeah. Fiora for sure, yeah. uh, but I'm a jungler, so I always do uh, Titanic. Titanics, yeah. All right, sweet. Uh, looks like that's that for the patch. 
Um, also, Pantheon just came out. We're going to talk about it probably uh, next week. I'm going to get some games in today. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are going to play some. I well, think it, you're probably not, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's going to play some. So, uh, <laughs> I looked at you. I was like, so we'll talk about it next Mark's week. A, I was Mark's a, a practice tool guy. He's not really a. I'm a practice tool guy, so I understand the mechanics, player. and then I watch people better than me. There you go. Like Diamond 4 Korean players with. <laughs> 1500 games or whatever. <laughs> there was some random stream on in the in the smoothie bar today. A guy had like 45% win rate down four 1500 games. It was yeah. a good stream. He was playing some Pantheon. Wasn't doing so well. <laughs> Moving on to the semifinals. Cloud9, uh, CLG. That is who we have Saturday. Why don't we start there? Cloud9, CLG. This is probably the closest of the semifinal matchups. Um, anything that Team Liquid is in, I think, is going to be pretty heavily favored for Team Liquid. Yeah. <laughs> so, Much like great, but... <laughs> uh, so this one's definitely going to be exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty glad that it's actually coming up first because these two teams have had a decent amount of trash talk between each other you don't have i missed it yeah maybe you have and you, i was gonna say usually break it down you don't expe- expect it from these two but um i mean we've had a bunch of different uh videos between like the junglers and stuff and oh was yeah, like, yeah i'm not losing a wiggly unless i don't have a keyboard and i don't have a mouse <laughs> and there's water all over my computer and they don't have a, well, that's, another that's one likely um, and then he lost. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they lost that game. Um, but Cloud Nine obviously got the revenge, right? Yeah. That's Cloud Nine have the buy, um, and they're waiting for CLG uh, to come have something to say about it. So I'm I'm pretty excited just because of the groundwork that's been laid. Yeah, I mean the grudge match for Wiggly. If people don't know, used to be on C9 Academy, was replaced for Blabber. Mm-hmm. So that was always uh, interesting. I feel like for the rest of CLG though. Are they, are they going to trash talk? I, don't, I can't see it. No. I mean, Biofrost, he's too nice. There's Biofrost doesn't trash talk. When, doesn't have even when people like force him to in interviews and stuff, and they're like, please, do you have anything to say about your opponent? And they, he'll be like, they're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Power <laughs> Evil, when they interviewed him uh, last week and was like, oh, it's not going to be a fun time for me because Niski and Spence yeah, just yeah. can't mid lane. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, I'm going to have a tough time. They weren't trash talking. And that's kind of how I feel. I think just generally about the matchup, I'm worried about the amount of like, you know, quote unquote firepower that mm-hmm. C9 has or CLG has, where like, yes, anyone on their team can step up and carry. And we've seen that m- multiple times, even in their series versus Optic. Every game, it felt like someone else was the reason they're winning. And that's awesome to have. But it's also really nice to just have like that one consistent threat that you can kind of build your g- game plan through. Uh, and that's what C9 feel like to me, where it's like, okay, Niski's the biggest threat in this team combined with Sven Skaren, but Licorice can also carry. And as we saw in the the one uh, tiebreaker game, the, the bot lane can carry as well if you give him a good matchup and actually play to them with Tali and stuff. So like C9, not only can everyone carry like CLG, but they also have a very reliable, more reliable carries. Yeah, and people are going to really dissect the matchup between C9 uh, and CLG in, in that game because it was the most recent, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a lot of discussion around the draft. I know that it, oh, yeah. the CLG players even uh, afterwards, that one. yeah, we're flaming the draft. Also, they're like, mm-hmm. um, you know, they they definitely Cloud Nine got the better, right? Uh, I think that is all credit to Reaper, and the draft game is going to be a big part of this best of five. But like that C Nine showing that, um, you know, bottom lane, Caitlyn. Um, what was it, Morgana as well? I yeah, think it was the Morgana combo from the yeah, from yeah. the binding that lands under the tower. Like them showing, okay, the biggest strength that people are giving you over C9 in you know the bottom lane, six and bio over uh Sneaky and Zazel. We're gonna destroy that. Uh we get our roaming mid laner, jungler go down there, and the Caitlyn Morgana lane. Uh I was like, well, that's a pretty good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and they called them out too, and and they even kept drafting pretty similarly in the optic series where they're first picking Azir, and I yeah. think they even had one where they went Azir Zaya, or maybe it was Azir Khan. They did one of the two, and that was the I think the same first rotation they had in that series as well. So like, hopefully they change it up more for the C9 one. And then if you go back two games, the one that C9 lost to CLG, they also had a very interesting draft where they have Malphite top with Lee Sin and Vlad mid and all this like kind of 
troll stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're experimenting. It's the regular season. It's totally fine. But like, you don't expect a draft like that in playoffs. I didn't think that was really troll, to be honest. I didn't think it was. Actually, I actually defended this draft. I thought it was actually. <laughs> I thought it was actually a, a good draft. So it it's, it's different. There was there was a lot of issues in that game, and I don't think it was just draft. But yeah, but I think like the idea. I like how you just went for he, hey, this troll draft. You would see that. <laughs> I defended this draft. I defended. I went to bat for this draft. I Obi. did go to. Hey, listen. I did go. To, I would die for this draft. I didn't want to get into it again. So I was saying most people I talked to were like this draft sucked. Most people I did. So I didn't know I was on. You literally said that. it was a troll you draft. Literally just two seconds that. before yeah, you said. I am a known flip flopper. I don't know why this is shocking either of you. I'm a ride or die with this draft. I defended it for a long time. I was like, fine, whatever. I don't want to get into it if I start saying it's a fine draft. But it's a different draft. And I also, the, the thing that I said back then was team agnostic. I'm fine with the draft, but I don't like it for C9 because uh, Niski's on uh, uh, just farming, try to get pushed in by Corky matchup. It, <laughs> just try not to die, but you just get pushed in by Corky yeah, yeah, on yeah. Vladimir. I want Niski with agency. So I didn't like this draft for C9, but I was fine with it team agnostic wise. I would not want to see this draft in playoffs, even though I think it's a fine draft. I don't want to see it again in playoffs because (laughs) Niski should always have some playmaking and agency in the early game. Yeah, that's, Um, that's fair. So, yeah. There's my actual thoughts on the Good draft. Good point. I didn't want to go back. It's a week week seven game. Why are we talking about no, this? Why are we okay. talking about this? Because uh, you brought it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I, I, I'm pretty excited for this for this matchup. I do think that, like, I agree, you know, listen, listen to kind of your points about, like, so C, C9, I think, has maybe the more consistent carries as far as, like, top side of the map. Like, mm-hmm. I, I favor their top side of the map in, mm-hmm. in all three positions. I think that is the biggest deal. Um, and yes, we did get to see the Caitlyn Morgana, uh, you know, beat down the, the CLG bot lane. And that, yeah. I think, is a really strong counter to, to Zyra Khan. <laughs> that is why I think that, you know, draft becomes so important. And I'm actually expecting Caitlyn to be really high priority in this series. Uh, I think that CLG has used Caitlyn really, really well. And Caitlyn Morgana is also a really good answer to some of the really meta stuff. So I'm, I'm really interested about it, uh, about, like, how the priority around bot lane is going to change because Biofrost is playing a different style of champions than than other people are playing, you know, pretty frequently. Um, you know, he brought up the Zyra, he brought up the Morgana this weekend. Like he's he's willing to play range supports to get advantages in lane, and that's also how CLG beat Team Liquid um, playing Caitlyn Lux. So to me, like even if you you like look down the line and you're like, ooh, well, Liquor's is better than Rune, and Sven's better than this guy, and Nissi's better than that guy. I still think that CLG can beat teams that one for one they look worse than because they they come out with really intelligent game plans at times and they they are really good at actually closing games with advantages. If they get like a drafting advantage, uh, they have really, really good snowball stats um, that, you know, they're extremely strong like when they are actually already ahead. You know, they're with lead at 20, they're, they're 12 and three. With lead at 15, they're 12, they're 12 and three, right? So it's like if, if this team is ahead, um, they're, they're pretty dominant. They have some of the best dragon stats in the whole league. They're 11 and three with first dragon and they very frequently get this. So... They're really good at playing around advantages. And they also, one of the things like that I think is going to be really interesting to see how these two teams kind of contrast because uh, C9 has like the highest like kill, kill death, like, you know, essentially like everything, mm-hmm. like kill score, whatever you want to call it, like bloodiness, I guess we call it, um, of, of any team. Like combined kills per minute is the highest in the league. Um, you know, whereas you look at CLG on the other side and it's like CLG wins games, not actually by team fighting. They skirmish and they take objectives and they push you out. It's like they have actually the lowest amount of, of like, kills in team fights in the whole league like when you're looking at percentage wise it's like 20 percent, 20.5 percent of their kills actually happen in team fights whereas you compare that with the top end of the league you know that's actually like echo fox and, and FlyQuest. those were like up around almost 40 c9 even though 33.8 so it's like they, they play so differently uh c9 plays you know really fast and wants to fight you they have the most kills before 15 uh, and clg it feels like wants to play for laning advantages and objective control so like, i'm just really excited to see how this kind of like clash of two styles works and i think if clg can and can like avoid these fights and absorb these fights, then they have a chance to, to win. But C9 is so good, I think, at kind of like imparting their will on their opponents and, and making their opponents play their style, which I think is, is kind of one of their greatest strengths. The thing that uh, concerns me, though, is what happened in the Optic game, which is like if you counterpick CLG's bot lane, yeah. they look like a different team almost completely. Um, you know, not like they need a winning matchup, but if they have a losing one, they took the Bard into Braum, which gives them lane priority, and then they can't get the dragons because they're the way the way that CLG gets the dragons so frequently is they have a good, strong pushing bot lane, and Wiggly goes down there often to grab the Drakes. And mm-hmm. so, if suddenly your bot lane is is pushed in more, they don't get the dragons that they're used to winning with. That's what happened in the Optic game, and yes, Optic threw that game, but that's a game C9 is going to win probably. 
10, 9, 99 out of 100 times. So I look at that as kind of a blueprint that's also similar to how C9 beat them before. And I haven't seen enough out of CLG to make me think that they have enough flexibility in the team to be like, okay, if bot lane priority goes up and Caitlyn's getting hard targeted by both teams, um, what else can they do? And yes, we've seen Rune carry, but you know, is Rune going to carry the entire best of five? That's a huge ask out of him. Yeah, especially when you're going up against Licorice, right? right. And, I, and I think, like, I, I definitely tend to agree with this, and I think that's kind of why they're favorite. But the the other question is, you know, again, to play like kind of more Devil's Advocate stuff, like how how many of these aggressive picks, you know, would Zazel be bringing out? Like, is C9 going to be playing range supports and playing around their bot lane, you know, in the way that you know we saw Optic get advantages there? Um, and, and and that's not something I'd be super confident in. I think that you know C9's bot lane has been as much as their top side has been a strength, I think their bottom lane has at times had good performances. But like this is, I think, the the worst split Stinky has had in a long time that I can remember. You know, he wasn't in top three for all pro. I feel like he's always like perennially, you know, top top two, top three. Um, I think that, you know, Zazel hasn't been super dominant. You know, certainly there was like some questions, maybe there still are around who was going to start with Defley and Sneaky being swapped back and forth. So, you know, if you are dependent on that bot lane to to really perform well, then maybe that is a way for CLG to get in because certainly I think their bot lane has been significantly better than C9's throughout the course of the split. But at the same time, if that's your only way to win, then then you can target more draft resources there to, to kind of yeah. cut them down. I think regardless um, of if you're trying to have the, this person as a main carry, this series is going to be a fight over getting a good matchup bottom lane. Mm -hmm. Like Cloud9 don't have to say, all right, we're going to win through sneaky yeah. uh, carrying. Like they can just be like, all right, we're going to get you the best matchup possible uh, so that our bottom lane is fine. And, you know, win through, you know, jungle mid or top or whatever. Yeah, and the best of five gives them the time to figure that out. You can go into game one prepped like, we're going to play the way we normally play. And if we win, then we don't really need to change as much. And if we lose, let's flop it around and put more draft and in-game resources to our bot lane and see if they can beat us another way. And, and you, you can have that time and reaction. And I think Reaper is a very good coach. He's demonstrated that time and time again. He's been in a ton of best of fives. He knows how to approach this to uh -huh. have probably multiple plans. They've done it before with even using their subs uh, to pick up wins in best of fives. So I'm, I'm a huge Reaper fanboy in best of fives. Um, and I think that's another thing that you can kind of put in C9's pocket is a little bit more experience in the coaching staff of these kinds of series. Yeah, I think I think the other X factor as well is is you know regardless of bottom lane matchup, C9 is better at actually I think you know roaming and actually like affecting the bottom lane. Uh, we do see Rune go down there, but Poe I think is is certainly less of a roamer, less yeah. of an early mm -hmm. game impact player than Niski. And last time these two teams played in the tiebreaker, we saw how much of a difference that could make. You know they gave C9's bot lane a, a good matchup, but it wasn't just that, as you guys mentioned. You know it was Svenskeren and Niski roaming down and four man diving and these sorts of things, which really even if you have a good matchup, if the pressure discrepancy is is that big. The matchup can can go disastrously. Yeah, let's see. Power of Evil has played Azir, Oriana, Corky, Victor. Those are the top four. Yeah. Those are all very similar. It's champions. late game team fight. That's what. Um, it the one here that stands out. Yeah, Syndra's there. Cassiopeia's there. The one that stands out would be the LeBlanc games. And you kind of remember those LeBlanc games because it didn't because he feel did well in quite right. <laughs> yeah, there's something that fell off. Right, CLG. With the with an assassin mid, um, like he did he did well individually, right? Yeah, he was like six and one or something. he got a bunch of kills and stuff, um, but it didn't feel like the team, um, you know, was really on board with playing as LeBlanc being their win condition, right? You know, like getting an assassin pick around Baron or something, or blowing somebody up, then doing you know X objective. So it'll be interesting to see if CLG have flexibility in this best of five. Because this is the first time, like, in a while where I've been super excited for CLG. Uh, they performed so well in summer. Um, huge improvements for them this season. So I'm really excited to see where they can go with it. Feels like Cloud9 are going to be a very difficult opponent. Because um, Wiggly has been, like, this outstanding new star for CLG. And he's going against uh, basically the number one MVP candidate that people have been talking about all summer long for the league in uh, Sven Skarin, who is a high-action jungler, you know, gets tons of kills. High tempo. <laughs> high action. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting to see that. And that was one of, one of the things I wanted to cite of CLG having 
their uh, match versus optic, I thought was very good for them to have the stage games and the playoff games and to see if Wiggly would keep up this level of play or if he would revert at all. And he played extremely well. So uh, that that gave me confidence that CLG's success in summer wasn't some fluke. All right, series score. I was about to say, we do predictions here, right? Yeah. Okay. 3-1-C-9. What do you think, Kobe? You don't get to wait till last this time. Hmm. Kobe likes to wait till last. I want to go always, first so I can Kobe claim people are copying me. So now when he says 3-1-C-9, I can be like, you just copied me. <laughs> Kobe's weighing all his options. Mm, yeah, it's a really tough one. But sometimes he waits so long that even when I'm trying to put the pressure on him, then you feel you're like... He's like, well, we go. can't wait forever. We have a show we're doing here. <laughs> well, you're talking right now. It is distracting me from the right, process. Everyone, everyone moment, moment of silence for Kobe. You at home. Stop that. Turn down the lights. Put those chips away. <laughs> Can we get a moment of zen here, please? Um, I, I think that I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for CLG. I'll go CLG. Ooh, thank you. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm also yeah yeah you guys go on C9 blah 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 um, three one blah I, I blah blah I just think it's gonna mark. be pretty pretty close. Uh, I, I'm actually in in the three two camp because I do think that CLG plays really really well as a team, and it, and to me it's just gonna be about like can CLG absorb the pressure that C9 is gonna put on because they are gonna play aggressive, um, but I think CLG is a, is a great team at closing and a great team fighting team so you know if c9 isn't able to get advantages i definitely think clg can can win games yeah it's it's so hard because i do think that cloud nine can also make more uh mistakes because as multiple people like double it's always has his interviews afterwards where he's talking about the risks that cloud nine taking a lot of these uh team fights and stuff those are things where it can possibly cost you a game get punished but well, um, the thing to remember is a lot of C9's wins were comeback games. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if what Zale's saying is right, where CLG is going to close these games out pretty cleanly, you don't have those same opportunities because a lot of those games that where they came back and beat people were against regular season opponents in a best of one. And you, you to, to be like, yeah, we're going to come back multiple times in a best of five is really scary. Yeah, but I mean, Cloud9 have been so good at yeah. even down like a few thousand gold or something, they'll win this team. It's usually a team fight, yeah. right? It's usually a team fight either mid or yeah. by dragon or up in the jungle or something. And Licorice has some crazy flank and they actually just smash you in this team fight. And then all of a sudden it's just Baron or something. And if you talk about ending games, Cloud9 have actually been... To me, one of the most efficient teams of ending games. Well, why are you hyping Cloud9? You said CLG. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, why? Why are you hyping C9, dude? You They're a me. good team. You chose your side, Yeah, Kobe. stop that. You I chose it. my side. Doesn't mean I can't speak about analysis for the other team. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're saying that right now. Stop that. We're arbitrarily <laughs> choosing this. <laughs> You're not allowed to talk about them anymore. They're our team. All right. Uh, let's move on. We got one more matchup to cover here. TL versus uh, Clutch. You want to talk about scary matchups? TL 3 0. TL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we at that part yet? Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, TL, when you look at if you look at this statistically whatsoever, it's like, ooh, it's not going to be close. We Come on, you're not giving Clutch one game? I, no. I don't know that I will either. Okay, so his. I've some, at least given him one. Some historic stats Jensen, 5 0 uh, against Demonte. Uh, Core JJ 4-0 against Vulcan, double of 13 and 4 against Cody. Oh, you're Sun, living in the past, Smithy, 10 and 4 against Lyra. Uh, you know, the, the closest People change has been Impact <laughs> versus Huni. And a lot of that is because of Huni on Immortals when you know back in the day was pretty pretty good. And that's 1612. Uh historically in Huni's favor? In Impact's favor. Oh, so it's okay. Um, but that's a lot closer because you know he had had been winning a lot in the past. I think that Clutch played a great series. I think that Clutch could potentially take a game. But TL is such a juggernaut and have looked so dominant. And like they're the best early game team. They close out the games the fastest. They almost win 100% of their games when they're ahead. They're really good at taking objectives. Like the only the only thing that Clutch really has is they like take more barons than TL. But it's like and they're more creative maybe in yeah. the draft. You could you could say. But TL is so, very flexible too. So. I thought the coolest part of the Clutch series for them was how well they were working as a team. Yeah. Um, every single player seemed like they were playing better. Um, so I definitely think that Clutch are peaking right now. Um, so we're getting into uncharted territory. Making a funny face. And you're... 
your, <laughs> your stats, uh, those are all in the past, yeah, you know, because we're we're in the uh, the upswing of the graph here. We're we're moving forward on the timeline, okay. uh, and it's uh, definitely an upward slope. Yeah, in, in <laughs> see where I'm going here, Mark. Yeah, the, the f induction. Uh, it's not necessarily true. <laughs> uh, it's a philosophical problem that's been pondered over long, many times. Is, is the past going to repeat itself? But uh, honestly, I I really do think they're for they're going to get a game. I mean, you're going to say like Team Liquid are not going to group up on a wall and get Kiana ulted one one time. In this so, but like my problem is, I I think that clutch clutch. So Kiana was big. I actually think this series was so much about Hooney, and he got he got Rumble multiple times, which was his most played. It's his yeah, and then he got Gangplank, and he hard carried on Gangplank too. He did, yes. But I think that like when you look at the champs that he's playing, I think that there are champs that can either be taken away by TL or banned out. I think Rumble is going to be banned every single game. I think that GP is one of uh, Impact's best champions, and he's happy to take that. Akali easily taken away by Jensen. Like I just think you're gonna see. Hooney being targeted almost exclusively in draft, and I think Clutch will really struggle to 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 make things happen when that is happening. I think that the bot lane, as well as Cody Sen has played, is just completely outclassed on uh, on both sides. I think that Jensen is is more than good enough to to hold his own against Amante, and I think Hooney is really the big X factor and has been playing very well. But that being said, I think you know that was partially drafting errors um, from you know from their opponents, like from TSM. I think the fact that you give him Rumble, which no one else is really playing that much, is his best champ, and you gave it to him multiple times, was just absolutely trolling. I, I pretty much agree. I think, like, it's one thing, oh, they're much more talented. You can still find, like, little style differences where it yeah. could be good, but I don't even think this is a good, like, style matchup where, like, the way Clutch wins in my mind is Huni and Demonte have pretty good playmaking champions, Lyra hard camps lanes, and then, like, their bot lane mostly goes even and then turns into a good team fighter later and they bring all the stability. But, like, your bot lane is in, in constant threat against TL of getting completely blown open. Impact is great at absorbing pressure, so they don't, they shouldn't need to help him that much if Impact's playing well this series. And then, so Huni's kind of hopefully becoming a non-factor. TL's bot lane is running away with it. And then mid lane matchup, yeah, DeMonte's been a lot better. I'm not super concerned about him getting 1v1 smashed by Jensen, but I also think Jensen will be fine. They won with team fights. Yeah. In almost all of the games. Yeah. It wasn't about it wasn't about these, you know, lane phase leads or anything. I didn't say it was about lane in phase their, leads. In their, in their games. I'm saying but that's that's what they want to do because they get to team fights well through this style where people are concerned about Huni, their bot lane's doing well. I'm saying that's not going to happen in laning phase to get to team fights. Their bot lane's going to be in constant threat of being crushed. And yeah. TL just obviously is way better than TSM, right? Like, uh, of course, yeah. team, of course, team Liquid yeah. are, are way better. And, but I think that Clutch are definitely going to win a game. Like it, it you can like you can't deny Huni every single champion. He also no. played really well on Aurelia. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're spending all of your bands on both blue and red side, then you're also letting power picks through, right? Mm -hmm. So, I I do think that like uh, Clutch are like I think they they had real success. So I'm not writing it off as a 3-0, I guess. Is our, this is our only fighting point right yeah. now. No, is that you guys yeah, said three, our 3-0s, and I'm like, no. I got to fight for that 3-1 Team Liquid prediction. I didn't even say that uh, that it's a 3-0. I, I actually think they could get a game two. I'm with you. I uh, think that there could be a, a pop-off moment. Um, but I just think that it's it's like the way in which TSM kind of gave them those team fights and, and they found those team fights, I think it's going to be really difficult to do against TL because... The, the the reason I'm kind of like, you know, latching on is also what Mark was saying about the laning phase is I think when TL gets advantages, they're so good at then turning that into vision control, which denies a lot of the opportunities to actually get those team fights. Like, I think it can be very hard to pick the fights that you want. Like, TL, when, when I think about how they win games, it, it for a long time, has really been they choose the team fight that they want, they win that, they close the game, right? And it's like, it feels like, it's mid-game team fight, Baron, game's over. And they have the fastest games in the league, and they are consistently able to do this. And the reason they're able to do this is because they, they win their lanes more often than not. They use that, that pressure to get vision, and then they choose the fights, right? And I think that if they are winning the lanes and choosing the fights, Clutch is not going to be able to out-team fight them, which is where I really do worry for them, you know, as far as, like, what they showed us against TSM. Um, and that's why I, I kind of agree with Mark a little bit in that lane becomes very important, because if TL... Uh, are in the stronger position to fight for vision. I just don't think Clutch will be able to get those team fights really set up. They've also had a decent amount of games where Smithy has had a really bad early game. Mm -hmm. um, in which case, they do not 
you know, even have a lead in the early game. Um, and I feel like in a best of series, there is definitely an opening here for Clutch. They're not going to win the series. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not going to win the game. I'm, I'm uh, predicting 3 1. What do you have? You had 3 0 already, yeah. right? At yeah. the beginning of the. Man, I feel like I'm more 3 0 than 3 1. I wouldn't be mind blown by the 3 Yeah, I'm not but... saying it's literally impossible if they pick a game up, <laughs> yeah. but just yeah. if I'm, I was a betting man, I'd bet 3 0. And I'm, I am betting. I'm betting 60 40 on like 3 0 versus 3 1, right? Like I think that part is close. 80 20, 3 0. All right, okay. more interesting I'm question. Will they use a TFT comp in a playoff no. series? No. No. no? Okay. None, none of them are good. What, even if, even, if, even the first two games Pirates. are stomped. Pirates and Demons both look pretty good. Yeah, I think Demons. Pirates, good. Demons, Glacials. I, think I give you a zero percent chance. Zero percent. Okay. I, I think well. you know Kane is pretty serious. Yeah, I was just checking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you giving it? Even if they a, were, if they were pre twenty minute stomps, and the I was watching games, someone stream. I still give it actually a zero. I was watching someone stream, and uh, there's TL Kane in in one of the TFT games, so maybe he's. He's studying more comps. I forget when this was. Like last week, I saw him in, in a high elo. There game. was this was a, this was that question, right? Which is better, demons or pirates or whatever? Uh, or, yeah, uh, that was a, yeah. yeah. And they and I was like, I look at one comp. I'm like, well, that one's pretty good. Obviously, it's that one. I looked at the other. I'm like, wait, that one's actually pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the pirate one was a little bit trolly. Yeah, it was like what Pike, Pike MF bot lane. Graves isn't Graves, that great right Graves now. Jungle. Misfortune's okay actually. Yeah, She's and then what so. were the soul laners? It was GP and what was the other soul laner? I'm spacing out. I can't remember the fifth yeah. pirate. Uh, yeah, I can't remember either. Great, uh, point. TF. Know. TF. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 It, it actually seems reasonable. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be fun. That would be fun to watch. If someone did, I think that would be really fun to watch at like All Stars or something if you had to do all TFT comps. I mean, it was fun to watch in the LCS when yeah. Team Liquid did it. I mean, if both if teams were like all opting into it, you had to play TFT comps. Yeah. That would be hype. All right, Twitter questions? Let's go. Uh, I can't say that name. <laughs> Who screened Nikolai Stuckwish. Stuckwish? That's what I'm going with. Uh, yeah, I miss the uh, just random thing. You ever watch those like Gom TV things yeah, with yeah. Artosis who would read the names? Poopy's 420. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Poopy's 420 is so great. Uh, I hope we get some of those one day where Kobe's just reading out horrible names. <laughs> I feel like those are probably filtered out before we get them. Yeah, I mean, Poopy's 420 always snuck in on Gom TV. <laughs> sometimes we. Sometimes we add our own that we like, uh, but sometimes we just have the ones that uh, Paul put in here, yeah. like this one. Uh, how do you think the top three teams in the LCS right now, Team Liquid, C9, CLG, stack up against the top three teams in the LEC, G2, Fnatic, and Splice? If those six teams represent the West, what kind of shot do we have this year? Uh, I mean, I think if we're looking at just the overalls, the West, I, I think there's a really good shot. Um, G2 clearly, <laughs> yeah. clearly like has, you know, yeah, clearly I love G2. Is, is really dominant. Uh, G2, you're know, coming off winning MSI. You know, NA got the MSI finals, made semis at Worlds last year. Uh, Europe had a, had G2 in semis and Fnatic in World Finals. Like, I, I think I'm expecting at least a semifinal, uh, you know, performance from from a Western team most likely G2, um, but I think TL is looking better than ever, and I think they have a good chance at, at making that far also. A lot of it all obviously comes down to brackets and groups. Like, yeah. let's, let's be real about it. But I think that the Western teams are, are really, really strong, and as, as far as how they stack up, um, I, I think that G2 is, is you know, a, a tier above all of the Western teams. That includes the, the LCS teams, and that also includes Fnatic and Splice. And I think that the rest of the teams are all are all competitive and comparable i would put tl just below you know g2 and then the rest of the teams are, are kind of in there yeah i would i don't know if i include clg in that i the same reason i'm concerned about their matchup versus c9 is how i would feel against them against international competition we're like yeah you have a lot of good good players but not that many great players i mean and isn't that similar to splice though splice has never done anything internationally for the same reason fair yeah i would i guess i would be um so then, I mean, you could separate out Fnatic and, and C9 and make one tier and then another yeah. tier separately. I think that yeah, would be... Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go like, you know, G2 and then like TL Fnatic are probably pretty close and then C9's a step below that and then CLG and Splicer below that even. This feeling that you have about CLG too, that's why I'm so excited for this matchup with Cloud9. It'll... Because... That 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 is kind of been hanging over them for so long, and because, they put it to bed now. Maybe yeah, exactly. Because like they tanked for so long, or they right? reinforce it. Um, <laughs> but now, like if if they beat C nine in playoffs, best of five, 
you know, in, you know, strong fashion, that I think people are going to have to jump on board, right? Yeah. Yeah, because C9's had international success, not with this exact roster, but they've Pretty done much. it enough times, and this roster isn't that different, that if they're able to, to beat C9 in a best of five, then they have a chance of doing well against international teams as well. Yeah, I agree. International is always tough because it's like, you can't just be good at one thing, or like you can't just use one thing to win, you know what I mean? Like Because the teams are so good at the, at the highest level that you can't just be a pretty good macro team, and like that's enough, because the other teams are good at macro and better individually. That's what happens all the time so with, with wildcard teams or uh, emerging region teams where like they actually have quite clearly like decent macro and then they just never get to that point in the game. Just get slammed in the lane. Yeah, because rookie and whoever is ripping people's heads off. I always think learning uh, is also so important for international competition because totally. there's always so much that changes over the course. So teams that are Quick to adapt and coaches that are willing to to make the right bets and you know choose choose the right shots. Meta reads yeah. are, is really important and too. structure their practice really well because you have such a finite amount of time and so much that you have to change for and learn for. Totally. All right, Cam Edgecomb nailed it. <laughs> if you could put one champion's ability on a different champion's kit, who would they be? For example, Ivern's W on Rengar's kit instead of his E. <laughs> so you can make your own brush and jump. So to I your think I get rid of the tank. W over the E. Yeah. I want to I want to be able well, to root people with the bola and murk them. The CC break's pretty big. But could, could you so are you allowed to have two ultimates? Because then that's the obvious answer, right? No. You have okay. to remove a an so ability. It has, it has to be for a for comparable part of the kit. I'll let you change the ultimate. Okay, I'm giving uh I'm giving Master Yi Tarek's son because I've seen how broken that is. So you just queue in with the Tarek's done, and it guaranteed hits every time. What are you taking off? Meditation? W, yeah. Yeah. And you're trying to resume <laughs> yeah, yeah. them every single time. You pop your alt, press your Q with your stun charging, guaranteed stun. Hmm. I want to give... There's probably a better one. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what's... what's what if, like, you know, like, what if, I'm sure there's so many random ones. Like, what if, like, Zed, instead of his E, just has, like, a Xerath Q, right? Like, what does that world look like? <laughs> you know, You're it's, just poking people. It's just an assassin who's poking them down and then alting them, and you, you also have Wave Clear now. Yeah. You have your Q, your Shuriken, and also the Xerath that, That's probably the real answer is there's just some stupid ability that, that, would, that would break a champ uh, more so than, like, look I have cool the, interaction. I have the yeah. best one. Okay, so I play a lot of Udyr. Yeah. I'm giving Udyr a Malphite ultimate. <laughs> uh, Phoenix is gone. <laughs> right, Don't let you hear that. Not comparable. Free, I win. Not comparable. No, it's an R. It's, it's, it's an R. Uh, okay. Yeah. Do I have to answer this? I don't know. You don't have to do anything you, you don't, don't want to do, Mark. Dude, no, we go, just, you're your own. That's going to do it real. for us. Mark will no longer I be uh, returning. No, one, more, one more question. Is that the last one? That was the last one. That was the last one. That was the two. Get out of here. You got a question for Mark? What's your favorite color? I don't care. Why is your collar like that? Down? Why are you the way no, you it's are? Like kind of down, half up. I think it's because it's just. I didn't, pop, you should pop your collar. I didn't uh, pop your collar. Yeah, Mark. fully Hold, pop it. Pop the collar, Mark. Hold That's it. gonna do it for us <laughs> for this episode of the dive. <laughs> uh, we've got semifinals coming up. Please tune in <laughs> this weekend and uh, <laughs> just sell some hey, tickets. Let me know if Bad you like boy my Mark jacket. over here is gonna be there. It will be there. I don't think they'll let me wear this on the desk, though. I'll try. <laughs> I mean, if you're enough of a bad boy, you just wear it anyway. That's true. I don't care. Yeah, yeah I don't care. 